coming up. We really need to take this to heart. In fact, if you know you got a little beef with another believer, you ought to be like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to get us back on the same page? Yeah. Because Jesus, the one we serve, prayed that his followers would be one. That's how much it meant to him. Hello, and thank you for joining us on One by One, the podcast ministry of Pastor Robert Scott of Quench Life Christian Fellowship. Did you know the devil only has three weapons he uses against us? But don't be fooled. He may only have three weapons, but he has plenty of tricks. Join us for the message series, Propositions from the Devil, where Pastor Robert and his wife Carolyn carefully walk through many of the traps from our very real enemy and the tools we possess to be victorious against him. Here's the sixth message in the series, Another Money Trap, Part 2. Something's not aligning with the way things were going. And these two people were part of the group. Ananias and Sapphira, they were part of the group. But when they sold their land, they didn't do what they what had been done in terms of thinking about others first. Mm-hmm. Look what the text says. He kept some of the money secretly mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. Now understand this. They, as I said earlier, they gave from the sales of their property on their own. It was not a mandate or uh, for them to do it. They did it because they chose to. Mm-hmm. Nobody made them do it. It was a choice. And what we see now in Ananias and Sapphira, that they made a choice not to do it. But they wanted to pretend like they did it, though. Mm -hmm. They wanted to pretend like they had sold it and gave everything to the apostles. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. And it's especially a problem with God Mm -hmm. that his believers would do that. And so look what happened here in verse three. This is Peter again. And and Peter says, Peter said, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your mind with such an idea? Y'all see that? This idea to secretly keep some of the money back came from Satan. That was the devil's idea. And Peter calls him out on it. He says, why would you let? In other words, you didn't have to do what Satan suggested. Mm -hmm. You let Satan give you that idea. The same is true for us. When we get an idea um, to be uh, an idea of hypocrisy, an idea to lie, an idea of dishonesty, a idea idea of not being having integrity. We don't have to let that idea um, become reality. To say something, you know, we shouldn't say. To say something we shouldn't say, 
We don't have to let it become a reality. And Peter calls him out. Peter says, why did you let Satan fill your mind with that? Yeah. Okay. We have to be careful. Peter supernaturally sensed some hypocrisy here. He supernaturally sensed it. He sensed that they had given this money under the pretense that it was all of the money they received yeah. from selling the land. And it wasn't. Mm -hmm. That wasn't true. They wanted to be viewed as if they had given everything they got when they hadn't done it. Y'all yeah. see the deception? Y'all see the pride there? Mm -hmm. yeah. And I want to challenge you. I want to tell you. And, and we see here that they were part of the group. And so this tells us that even believers can allow Satan to fill our mind with something. We saw Peter rebuke Simon in his his simony that he was create he was committing <laughs> his simony. Either way, you can pronounce it both ways, mm -hmm. simony or simony. Mm -hmm. Peter rebuked him. Peter says, "You have no part in this ministry." Peter told him, "You you better go back and pray, yeah. uh, because mm -hmm. you on your way to an unpleasant place, brother." Mm -hmm. And Peter told him straight to his face how wrong he was. Yeah. And here, Peter is talking to one of them, one of the believers who had part in the ministry. He says, how can you let the devil fill your mind with such an idea? Mm -hmm. I want to tell you, we need to keep the devil out our pockets. <laughs> I'm going to say that again to y'all. Keep the devil out your pocket. If you're wondering how the devil can get into your pocket, let me give you a way he can get into your pocket. We shouldn't say we are tithers when we're not giving really 10% of our gross mm -hmm. income. If you're not giving 10% of your gross income, you're not a tither. Don't say it. Mm -hmm. Don't tell folks you tithe. Don't write on the envelope a tithe when it's really not a tithe. Mm -hmm. It's not the truth. It's a lie. That's how the devil can get into your pocket. That we don't tell the truth about what we give. Mm -hmm. um, now, let me be clear, though. The New Testament doesn't mandate that we tithe. It's not mandating to for believers to tithe. That's not it's not a New Testament mandate. However, look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Mm -hmm. What Ananias and Sapphira should have did when Peter, uh, when they gave it, they should not have done it as if it was all of it. They should have just said, hey, you know, we sold our land. This is a part of... <laughs> what we got. Yeah. It would have been all good if they had done that. Mm -hmm. 
But that's not what they did. They knew and they pretended to have given it all. And we're going to see it didn't end well for them when they did that. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to let the devil in our pockets by pretending that we're doing something that we're not. And so God is telling us in this passage here that if you don't want to give, don't give it. Mm-hmm. He says, each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart. And if you don't, you don't want to give it, you shouldn't be forced to do it. You shouldn't do it reluctantly. You should do it willingly and cheerfully. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to give it, don't give it because it ain't going to count anyway because right. you're not giving it for the right reason. Right, right, right. So if you don't want to do it, don't do it. God is not mandating that you give it. But you also got to understand he is saying, though, if you give little, if you reap, you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You reap, you sow little, you reap little. Mm -hmm. If you sow generously, then you reap generously Mm -hmm. is what the passage is telling us. So for me, when I think about how how good God has been, Mm -hmm. how generous God has been to me, I am compelled in my heart to give generously. Mm -hmm. Amen. And I can't say that um, I have always been a generous giver because I haven't. Mm -hmm. But things changed for me some time ago that I said, you know, that God has been too good. And I need to be a generous giver. And so I tithe. I had to come to the place where I, we have to come to the place where we want our whole life to represent and be governed by God's word. But I want to say to you that generosity, though, if you're going to give generously, it begins with the tithe. Look what it says here in 2 Chronicles 31.5. It says, as soon as the order went out, the Israelites generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all that the fields produce. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. So here, we're going to live by God's word and let it govern us. God is not saying you have to give. Give according to what your heart says. But if you want to be a generous giver, it starts with the tithe. That's what happened here with God's people. They gave generously and they gave a tithe of everything. And so we must understand that. So if you want to give generously, you want to reap generously, then it starts with the tithe. But it's not a New Testament mandate. Mm -hmm. Give as your heart says you ought to give. Amen. The fifth thing that a powerful group of believers demonstrate 
is they, they call out sin to protect the integrity of the group. They call it out. They call the sin out because they know what sin could do to the group if it's allowed to fester and stay. Mm-hmm. It'll weaken the group. Yeah. Look what it says here in Acts 5, 3 through 4. Peter said to Ananias, as we read before, and it reads on, Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your mind with such an idea? You kept part of the money for yourself and lied about it to the Holy Spirit. You lied to the Holy Spirit. He didn't say you lied to me. He said you lied to the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, understand, this is the same Peter who rebuked, who vehemently rebuked Simon and told Simon that he was captive to sin. Told Simon, you need to pray mm-hmm. about what you just did. Yeah. Because you thought you could buy God's power. Now he's saying to him, he's pointing out, forget about me, Ananias. You lied to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. And verse four goes on to say, he says to him, before you sold the field, it belonged to you, right? Mm-hmm. It was yours. You owned it. Mm-hmm. And even after you sold it, You could have used the money any way you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Nobody forced you to do anything with it. You could have did anything you wanted to do with it. So how could you even think to do such a thing? You lied to God, not to us. Mm -hmm. You lied to God, not to us. Yeah. Ananias and his wife let the devil get into their pocket. Mm -hmm. And they fell smack dab into the trap. Yeah. And they lied to God. See, people try to use their feelings about the pastor or the preacher as an excuse for why they don't honor God. This is an example. This is a a thing that kind of points us to it in a roundabout kind of way. And God doesn't accept that as an excuse. You can't blame the fact that you don't give to the church, go to the church or whatever, or put yourself in a place to commune with God, give to God of your talent, your treasure and and your time. And your excuse is, well, you know, them preachers. Yeah, I know you heard it before. Okay, so you 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 so you're not honoring God. You're not praising God for his goodness. You're not serving God because of what the preacher did. Hmm. Peter tells Ananias, you didn't lie to me. Who am I? Mm -hmm. You lied to God. You did not honor God with your words and with your possessions. Right, right. You lied to him, Mm -hmm. to God. Forget about me. Mm -hmm. And so that is not a viable excuse for why we don't give to the kingdom of God our time, our talent, and our money. 
because of what some preacher said, did, or whatever. That is not a legitimate excuse. God deserves our honor for who he is. Forget about what some folk have done. And people get this twisted. And they live there a, a good portion of their life standing on that falsehood that I'm not giving because of the preacher. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving my time. I'm not going to read my Bible because of the preacher. You're going to have to answer to God for that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that doesn't change who God is mm-hmm. and how God has demonstrated his blessings and love to you. Mm-hmm. You got to love God for God. That's right. That's right. You got to serve God for God. Mm-hmm. You got to give to God because he's God. He's the creator. He made you. Yes. He clothed you. He protects you. He guards you. Your heart is beating because of God. And you going to like let what some other person said or did. Right. Discount what God has done. That makes no sense. And Peter tells him. Mm-hmm. I'm nobody. You could have told me anything. You could have done what you wanted. You could have came here and said, we ain't going to give nothing. Who am I? (laughs) Right. But that ain't what you did. You came to a group of believers that God has clearly got his hands on. Clearly. The power of God is moving through these people. And you came under pretense to them. To pretend to be someone you were not. Yeah, yeah. To pretend to have done something you did not do. Mm-hmm. You didn't lie to the people. Yeah. You lied to God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's what Peter is saying. Mm-hmm. You lied to God. And so this takes us to the next point. Number six, in some way, they will be protected by God. This is a truth about a powerful group of believers. In some kind of way, God's going to protect them. Mm -hmm. You know, remember, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. Yes, he did. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So if, if a believer or a non-believer, let Satan get into their mind to try to go up against Christ's church, you best believe Jesus is going to stand up for his church. Mm-hmm. You can take that to the bank. That's right. He says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. And so look what it says in Acts 5, 5 through 11. It says, as soon as Ananias heard these words, when Peter told him, he lied to God. Uh-huh. Soon as he heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Mm. Mm. He died. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. And, and this is why I said, in some way, God's going to protect his people. He's going to, because I'm not saying that folks that, that God's gonna, the folks that's gonna, they go, they're gonna die when they do this. It happened in this case. Yeah, in this case. <laughs> right. 
And, and we need to understand how serious God is about this. This is a major issue. And we're going to see the people got the message. They got the message. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering how many people today really understand how serious God is. Yeah. Yeah. About serving him and his church, the work the church is doing. Understand, we already read that the church was doing powerful things, and we're going to see even more in a minute here. Mm -hmm. But God was using them to change lives. Yeah. Not just their future, but their present. They were meeting needs of people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were one. They were unified. Yeah. yeah. And the power of God was flowing in them and through them and out of them. It was overflowing. Blessings everywhere. Yes. God's word and name was being proclaimed. The gospel was going out. Mm -hmm. And God is serious about the work of the church. Mm -hmm. And Ananias and Sapphira let the devil get into their mind to do something to break the, to cause discord, to cause disunity, to cause misalignment with what the work was doing amongst the believer. Mm -hmm. And God says, no, we're going to keep, we're going to keep this sacred. We're going to keep what they're doing together. We're going to keep them unified. Yes, yes, yes. And God made a strong statement yes. that he ain't playing mm -hmm. about the unity of his people, mm -hmm. the work of the church, yeah. the gospel being proclaimed. He was serious about it. Man. And that's what happened here. And so the text reads on Acts 5, 5 through 11. He fell to the floor and died. Mm -hmm. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? He said, y'all seen the power of God. You've been in the company of the yeah. group. You've watched what happened. You saw the Holy Spirit come down on us and folks speak in tongues and in different languages. You saw people being healed. You saw God's power. How could it even come into your head to even think you could lie to God? Mm. In other words, Peter was saying, your logic is illogical. Yeah. Why would you allow this to happen? And then for you two to come together on it. One of y'all should have said, oh, that's a, that's a whack idea. One of y'all just said, nah, right. no, no, we, <laughs> no, no, we, we can't do, do that. Right we can't do that. Right, right. You know, just as all, one of y'all should have said, no, nah, yeah. we ain't doing that. Yeah, we just going to keep the money for ourselves. Sales. Or if we're going to give it, we're going to give it and say, this is only half of it. <laughs> right. Here it all is or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. just take one, one of y'all should have said yeah. something. Yeah. But the two of you 
conspired against and to against God. And then the text reads on, the young men who buried your husband are just outside the door. They will carry you out too. Mm. Verse 10, instantly she fell to the floor and died. Mm. I know this is hard to read. It's hard yeah. to read, isn't yeah. it? It's hard to read. I know, I, I get that. But the thing that we should get from this is how serious God is about the work of the church, the work of his people, Christ's name being proclaimed, unity amongst the people. Yeah, there is so much. There's so much in there. I mean, because we're talking about money traps. Yes. But there's other stuff, too. Just the right. bickering in the church. Yeah. People having issues with each other and all that. Yes. God is serious about his work. Yeah. He, he, he going to strike that down. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then the text reads on, when the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Verse 11, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. Yeah. Again, God is communicating that he wanted his people mm -hmm. to live and operate in integrity, honesty, and to be unified. Amen. And God, that is still the desire of God in 2022, right. that his people have integrity, we are honest, and we are unified. Mm -hmm. Jesus prayed this in John 17 before he was crucified that we would be one. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus prayed that we would be one. Yes. So here in 2022, it is still Jesus' desire that we're one and that we're unified mm -hmm. and, and that we're honest and have integrity. Amen. And that we don't defame his name. Mm -hmm. That matters to God. Amen. And the last thing that a powerful group of believers, a truth about the po a powerful group of believers is they will be a blessing to a community. They will be a blessing because when God's power um, flows through them, it overflows out. It flows out. It flows out into the community. Right, right. right. That's what happened. Look here what happened in Acts 5, 12 through 16. The apostles were given the power to do many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Mm -hmm. They were together in Solomon's porch and they all had the same purpose. None of, the, none of the other people dared to stand with the apostles, but everyone was saying wonderful things about them. They realized what God was doing through them. Verse 14, more and more people believed in the Lord, and many men and women were added to the group of believers. Mm -hmm. So you see here, God wanted the group to continue to grow. Remember, John 3, 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. It's like, I gave my son for the world. And you're going to come in here and try to break up the unity, the church, the body of believers that I'm using to spread the gospel to the world, to turn the world upside down with the gospel. And you're going to come in here and bring this lie and this lack of integrity and all of that into the group. God says, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. I love the word. I gave my son for this. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. God is, that's how serious God is about the gospel that he gave his son to die. That's right. That's for right. the gospel. Yeah. And then we try to disrupt the, the propagation of the gospel with bickering and lies and little things. Mm-hmm. God is not liking that. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and so more people believe because of the power that was going through these yeah. believers. Yep. The body grew. And verse 15 says, so the people brought those who were sick in the streets and put them on little beds and mats. Mm-hmm. They were hoping that Peter's shadow might fall on them wow. as he walked by. People came from all the towns around Jerusalem. They brought those who were sick or troubled by evil spirits. Mm-hmm. All of them were healed. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you see what happened here. I asked you in the chat question, what needs do you see in society? Yeah. If we transpose what you said to this time where these believers were living and these apostles were doing these miracles, all of those needs that you said you see would have been eradicated in that moment in time. They would have been gone. Folks would have had, folks that needed that were sick would have been healed. Folks that needed housing would have got a home. <laughs> folks that, you know, everybody got with it. Folks that had mental issues yeah. would have been healed. Mm-hmm. It says all the people, they brought all these people to this group of believers and they all were, all were healed. healed. Amen. And it came because it was a group of believers who were one in heart and mind. And God used the leaders to do miraculous signs so that God could launch, turn the world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. This was the mindset of the people and the mindset of our God. And God still wants to save souls. He still wants to heal people. And most importantly, he wants to heal them spiritually. He wants to set the captive free. The devil has blinded the hearts and minds of people and Jesus wants to give them sight, spiritual sight, so that they won't fall for the tricks of the enemy. You've been listening to One by One, Here's a personal message from Pastor Robert. You may have never said yes to Jesus Christ. Do you know that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die for your sin? If you're ready to say yes to the love that God showed, pray this prayer. Lord God, I admit that I've sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin and I commit my life to you. I ask that you come into my life, come into my heart, take control, transform me into the character of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, 
I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. And I want to encourage you to find a church where you can learn more about Jesus, draw closer to God and to other believers. God bless you. To learn more about Quench Life Christian Fellowship, visit quenchlife.org. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and connect with us on LinkedIn. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at quenchlifecf to receive regular words of encouragement and ministry updates. Join us next time. Think about it. What do you do? What have you done in the past? What have you done recently to take advantage of the truth that being enslaved to money disallows me to serve God? What have you done? That's the question. The devil's using this truth for his advantage. How are we as followers of Christ using it for our advantage? Thank you for listening.